When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Johara Tundok and Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. You're very welcome to Late Lunch on this Tuesday afternoon. And I want to begin by saying a big, big thank you to Joan Finnegan. Joan called up yesterday just before uh, we went on air with a a birthday card for me. Uh, She missed me a couple of weeks ago. Of course, I was off on holidays and she left the most gorgeous cheesecake with us. Oh, my God. Can that woman make a cheesecake? And can she bake and can she do bread and can she do everything? She's simply wonderful. Joan Thanks a million. Enjoyed by many, I have to say. And I do appreciate your lovely sentiments on the card. And uh, to take the time to come here and leave that lovely gift with me, I really do appreciate it. Thank you so much, Joan. Welcome to the show this Tuesday. We've lots going on over the next couple of hours. I continue my focus on Artist of the Week, Elton John. Yes, in words and song. Sive Corrigan is with us. Will you hear her story? You won't believe what she received as a wedding gift in Incredible indeed. Uh, We'll also be joined by Seamus Smith. Oh God, I was thinking back to the first time I met Seamus. He's a brilliant artist from Navin. He suffered a stroke. He had to change. He had to start working with the other hand because he has paralysis on one side. And he's just been prolific. And he has a new exhibition opening at the Art Centre in Navin this very weekend. It's opening actually on Friday and it runs for a few weeks. We'll be catching up with Seamus. Looking forward to it. Alwyn Morn is with us too. She's the founder of Cogni Kids. And we're going to talk about screen time and gaming and the impact, the actual impact it's having on children's health. She's a brilliant, brilliant lady. She's with us just after two o'clock. Uh, and, you know, I was out the other day uh, and I saw these four young girls sitting on, on a park bench. And I'm not joking you. They were sitting in proximity as you, on a bench, as you can imagine, to one another. And all their heads were stuck in the phones. Stuck, stuck, stuck in the phone. They weren't aware what was going on around them. It's not good. Alwyn Morn is with us in a wee while. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, 1800 658 uh, 1850 715 658. That's 1850 658 is the telephone number. If you want to text or WhatsApp us on the show, it's uh, 086 1800 658. Now, Tuesday on Late Lunch has been for months on end. our feature on COVID and the emerging COVID situation. And we're back to it again today because joining me on the show is Professor Paul Moyner. Hello again, Paul. Hello, Paul. Paul, are you with me? Hello, Paul Moyner. 
He's not there at the moment. I thought I had him on the line there sitting by waiting for us. Um, Paul Moyna will be with us presently. He will indeed. And we're just trying to get him there. He was on the line a moment ago. Anyway, in the meantime, have you been watching the news in the UK? And the queues at the petrol stations, it's ferocious. People are fighting over fuel at the moment. There's queues all over the place and people are just gone mad. They want to fill their tanks. They want to stock up on fuel. And I was just thinking back myself to a time in Ireland when we had the petrol situation. 1980, does anyone remember it? I remember it well. Late 1980, around the October time, cars lining the streets, bumper to bumper, as motorists wait waited patiently here to fill their tanks. Do you remember that time? Have you memories of that time here in Ireland? Iran, there was problems there and fuel shortages. Well, it was a, an awful time. I can remember it well. Do you? Do you have any recollections of that? I remember heading for Dublin in uh, my car with uh, another guy and we had tanks full of petrol. You wouldn't believe we were like a moving bomb going along the road to bring petrol to friends of ours in Dublin at the time. You wouldn't do it. It was so dangerous to be honest with you. Anyway, if you have any memories, the usual numbers, let me know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Paul Moyne is on the line. Hello, Paul. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thanks for joining me again. Well, Paul, can I say it's over 95% plus vaccinated of the over 16s. Dublin Airport, I was playing golf in Port Marnock last week. There was a flight in and out every uh, 90 seconds. The roads are busy. The offices are reopening. Is it bye-bye pandemic? Not sure if it's bye bye completely, Jerry, but certainly we're we're showing clear signs of getting back to uh, some degree of normality. So I think that's the really important thing. And obviously, this has been underpinned. You mentioned one of the first things you mentioned there is the extraordinary uptake of the vaccine. Like we're really achieving like extremely high numbers, and the envy of many countries. So the vaccination program, the vaccines have allowed us to get back to this stage. Still a little bit of uncertainty in terms of the winter months because. This Delta variant that we have at the moment, we haven't experienced that during the winter months. Uh, schools being open and the Delta, so far, it seems to be, schools seem to be holding up pretty well. So all in all, Jerry, in terms of our numbers, it seems to be stabilising, not only in terms of confirmed cases, but also in terms of hospital admissions and ICU. So I think at the moment we're in a pretty good place. And as we look forward to, I think, the 22nd of October, when virtually most of the existing restrictions be lifted. I think we're probably on, on time for that and uh, on schedule that that probably should happen unless there are some unexpected events in the meantime. Uh, 1,049 cases, 310 in hospital, 66 in ICU. Uh, it's a few weeks since we spoke. Those numbers have definitely stabilised because they were much higher a few weeks ago in terms of the cases. Yeah, and the other thing is that even with these breakthrough infections where people who have been vaccinated, and there will be some breakthrough infections where some of those will end up uh, getting infected. But even in those cases, they, they tend to be you know, very asymptomatic or having mild symptoms. So maybe some will require hospitalisation. But even in those cases, the hospital stays would be would be shorter. Uh, and the reason being that because you've been vaccinated, even though you're infected by the virus, you have that existing immunity, which allows you to clear the virus very efficiently from the body. So that the virus, it, 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 it obviously gains entry through the upper respiratory system. But the real trouble is created when it moves down into the lungs and the lower respiratory system. But because we have that pre-existing uh, immunity because of the vaccine, that clears the virus more quickly and, and stops it before it gets into the lungs and before it uh, causes the problems that one would associate with hospitalisation and ICU. So that's the reason why the 
vaccines, while very good as well in terms of protect, protecting us from infection, but there are these breakthrough infections. But even in those, the most of those cases, um, again, this symptom uh, is going to be very mild. Automatic contact tracing of close contacts ended. Primary school and childcare children, close contacts of confirmed cases, if they are, but have no symptoms, no longer have to restrict their movements or get tested. Is this a natural move forward? I think it is a natural move. It's probably going to be a little bit earlier than some people would have expected. So public health and effort have been quite cautious in, in many of these approaches. So probably some people are surprised, especially in terms of the uh, testing around close contacts uh, in schools because of the degree of uncertainty still with respect to the Delta variant in schools. But again, the data seems to be reassuring in that sense that the transmission within schools, and especially within primary schools, it's fairly modest or less than what you would see in the general community. So that when we have outbreaks there, they tend to be coming from the community rather than high rates of transmission within the schools. And thought maybe there was an opportunity, at least for a short time, maybe to supplement that so that, as well, you don't want children to be missing school. So the close contacts are certainly going to be missing school for 10 to 14 days. But to get around that, I thought it could be complemented by maybe introducing for those maybe self-testing, uh, rapid antigen tests the children will be tested maybe for a number of days and if they're negative each day that they go into school. So it probably give you that extra layer of comfort that they're not uh, infectious. So I thought it could be supplemented by that but you know, the decision has been made to go ahead and close contacts unless they're symptomatic they won't be asked to isolate or they won't be tested. Under 12s, we won't see them vaccinated. It doesn't look like Paul in the immediate future or maybe not at all. Well, Pfizer's released that. They released that at the press release uh, probably a couple of weeks ago and I suggested they did a trial of just over 2,000 children who got the vaccine. And it was what we call a phase two, early phase three. So first of all, they looked at safety and it seems to be safe, at least in terms of immediate uh, side effects. Uh, we're still not quite sure in terms of that myocarditis, which has been associated with young men and young uh, adolescent boys. But uh, we, in terms of the regulatory process, first of all, before that would even be considered by NIAC, it would need to be approved. So the European uh, agency, the European Medicines Agency, is the regulatory body that would oversee that. So again, that hasn't been approved as of yet. If it is approved, then it would be considered by NIAC, and then NIAC would make a recommendation that that recommendation then is accepted. If it was to vaccinate or at least offer the vaccine to the parents of those children, then that could probably start. But again, yesterday the Minister of Health said that that were to happen, it probably wouldn't happen within this calendar year. Mm. Certainly over the coming months, we're not probably expecting children as young as between 5 and 12 to be vaccinated. Um, You know the whole issue of mask wearing, it still applies in in certain scenarios, but people are concerned. I was speaking to somebody who works in a library and they mask wear, but people now visiting don't, you know, a lot don't, and and they're concerned about that. I know we had the question uh, previously about public transport as well, non-mask wearers and people, others wearing masks on uh, public transport. And, And people like that are concerned. Are they right to be concerned, Paul? I think it's probably an additional layer of, you know, protection, not so much in terms of you wearing the mask, you're actually protecting others. You probably the greater protection you're getting is to stop in transmission if you're uh, infected. And I think people have probably got this sense of security now the fact that they've been vaccinated. Because you've been vaccinated, it doesn't mean necessarily that you can't get the virus, you can't be infected with the virus. You can in some cases. 
again, you're going to be protected. The vaccine gives you really good protection in terms of protecting you as an individual from getting getting very ill. But in terms of mask wearing, yeah, it does introduce an additional layer. But I guess if we transfer on another year where, again, everybody essentially is vaccinated, this is probably going to be as close as we're going to get to as good as it's going to be. So I think some people will continue to wear a mask as sort of a cultural thing, certainly in Asia and certain countries in Asia, because they've experienced some of these epidemics uh, before. So it's sort of part of the culture in this sense of sort of protecting others. So it wouldn't have been unusual in some countries to see mask wearing prior to this pandemic. I think in some cases it will last for some people, other people will not so much. And I think it's just due to different people evaluating their risks at different levels. Uh, so I think you'll probably still see some of it, maybe in the winter months, uh, you know, you will see some people continuing to wear a mask, but I think gradually we'll, we will move away from that. And the reason why we can move away from that is really because of the vaccination program. And if you're more comfortable, I suppose the message is, if you're happier to wear it, wear the mask. Exactly. exactly. And I was always thinking in terms of restrictions, especially if they're not very invasive, and uh, I think actually I'll be very uh, supportive of that. But again, and, and masks do help. It's difficult to quantitate how much they help by. There have been a couple of randomised controlled trials showing, especially surgical masks, or in terms of face covering, it's probably more difficult to get a sort of precise figure in terms of how well they protect. But certainly they do help as part of one of the measures. Paul, always uh, grateful to you. Thank you so much for taking time to join us on the show today. Anytime. Thank you, Julie. Take care, you said. Professor Paul Moyner, the Head of the Department of Biology and Director of the Human Health Research Institute at Maynooth University. Common sense, masks, says Frank. But what about the GA and county finals coming up shortly? What about when they're all celebrating and hugging each other? I know, Frank, but like, you know, when they do win and they want to celebrate, it's very difficult to suppress that emotion. And it has been suppressed for a long time. And I know last year there were incidents and there were outbreaks, etc., But uh, I have no answer to it, Frank, and it's part and parcel of life and the way it's going to be. And, um, you know, we've done great on the vaccinations up to now. We really have. And with so many people vaccinated, we lead the way in Europe. And it's made a huge difference, no matter what you say. And from the beginning, the hand washing, the mask, the social distance and everything, the majority of people have been good. There have been uh, rogue elements, of course, and there always is. But, Frank, I have no answer to that. I see the point you're making. Jerry, I'd have a guess, by the way, you said it. That woman you're talking to later in the show, I think I know what she got for a wedding present, says Frank. Well, Frank, you're right, but we leave them in suspenders to later. That's okay with you. Thanks for getting in touch with us on the show. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number. Now, today I have to say that Louise and I and almost everyone in LMFM, yes, everybody, is very, very sad because we've lost a great friend. Eileen Rush passed away last evening. And if you're a regular listener to Late Lunch, you will know she was a great friend of ours. What a warrior, what a woman, what a brave individual, what a fight she put up. I met her for the first time January 2019 and she was uh, going through treatment for cancer at that stage. And she's joined me through 2019, 2020, 2021. In fact, we only spoke most recently on the 11th of August this year. And that woman always had a smile on her face and a positive outlook even though her diagnosis was terminal. And she would just make you feel an inch high. You know, when I give out or complain or worry about things, or any of us do, 
I'd think of Eileen Rush and she'd put everything in my life in context because of the most brilliant woman she was. She was a true inspiration, she really was. And she was brave to the end. And I think of her today and I want to remember her. And I'm going to pay a special tribute to her on late lunch next week. I will pay a tribute to her because she was simply wonderful. But today I want to offer my sympathies to her son Seamus and to all of her family. You've lost a wonderful woman. A light has gone out. And today, Eileen, for you, wherever you are, this one's for you. Eileen, Eileen Rush, who passed away last evening. And I want to read this lovely message because it sums up in, in a tea how we're feeling today and the sentiments that are coming to us about Eileen. I know, Jerry, you'll be devastated to hear Eileen has died. Her bravery, her courage and her love for her son was outstanding. Every time I heard her speak to you, she took a piece of my heart. May she rest now in peace at God's side. No person deserves it more. Isn't that beautiful? From Christine Arkins in Kells today. Lovely Christine. You couldn't have said it any better. Indeed, we remember her today. And think of Seamus. My God, there isn't a a dry eye in the house here today, I have to tell you, remembering her. But again, I say I will be back to remember Eileen, Eileen Rush, here on Late Lunch, one afternoon next week. May she rest in peace. There you are, people do remember. I'll never forget the petrol shortages in the 80s, Jerry. I had a broken leg and I was coming home from Drogheda. I pulled into a filling station for a gallon of petrol. There you are, a gallon, to get myself home and the guy wouldn't give me a drop. 
I'll never forget that incident of that fellow. Thanks indeed for that. There's another one. I'll never forget the queues for juice back in the 80s, Jerry. Yes, those images in the UK brought it all back. I couldn't get to work. On my own steam, had to catch lifts, catch a bus. It was a tough, tough time, says Sean. It was indeed. I remember it well, for sure. Now, lots of reaction, of course, uh, to Eileen's passing. So sorry to hear of Eileen's passing, Jerry. Condolences to our son and family. She was an inspiration to listen to. R.I.P. Eileen. I'm in bits here. Stop the clocks. Rest in peace, Eileen, says another message. Joanne's been on to us. Lovely message, Joanne. Shocked and saddened to hear of the passing of Eileen Rush. What a wonderful and inspirational lady who bravely battled cancer and continued to be positive and supportive of others. She'll be truly missed. My sincere sympathy and deepest condolences to her son Seamus and her family and friends. Fly high, Eileen. Rest in peace. God has gained another angel. And Tommy's been on to say, Jerry, I didn't know that woman, but your beautiful words would bring a tear to all our eyes. They were so heartfelt. I'm sure they meant a lot to our family. Well done. Thanks indeed for that lovely message. Keep them coming to us. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp or text us to the show. Now, I've been saying this for a while. While I've been on the air in this show, quite a number of years now and in life, You know, I've come across many addictions. People battle with alcohol. The scourge of drugs is absolutely shocking as well. And there are other addictions that people really suffer with. But the new addiction is screen time. Mark my words, I've said this before and this is only getting going and we're going to see the ramifications of it in the the weeks, months and years ahead. And one woman who knows a lot about screen time and gaming and all that's involved there is a lovely lady. She's a good friend of ours too. She's been with us a number of times on Late Lunch. She's the founder and CEO of Cogni Kids. I'm delighted to say hello again to Alwyn Morn. Hello, Alwyn. Hiya, Jerry. How are you doing? I'm really good. It's great to have you with us again, be it by Zoom, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. It's the way of the world, as you know now. We're giving out about uh, screen time, but there you are. It saved our bacon in this business. But look, at I, I told a little story, Alan, at the top of the show. I was yeah. I, I was out and about. I was off for a couple of weeks there and I was passing a park with a bench in it. And there were four, I'd say, young teenage girls sitting together with their heads bowed in their phones the four of them they didn't realise what was going on around them they weren't talking to each other and it just brought it home to me what the hell is happening I know that unfortunately is a really familiar sight across kind of any open spaces now um, now that the pandemic has passed obviously it's great that our kids can get out and about um, but ideally if they could get out and about and actually socialise with each other mm. not just be parallel to each other you know mm. and not engaging but engaging in an online world um, and there's been really unfortunately and as you said we knew this was going to happen um, post pandemic there's a lot of research coming now from Hong Kong and Australia and you know China where um, they're finding that the instances, particularly from Hong Kong, and I've always been talking about the impact of uh, screens on eye functioning, but from Hong Kong now, the most recent research there is showing that um, the instances of myopia, that's short-sightedness, so Mm. where you need glasses to see things up close, um, the instances of that has more than doubled uh, in our young children. So... The 
I suppose the thing for that, a lot of people would be like, oh, what does that matter? But actually it matters hugely because um, issues like that with eyes, if they start early on, they just tend to degenerate mm. uh, and get worse over time as opposed to getting any better. So so, so here's the thing, Alwyn. We, yeah. we, we've, and I've spoken to others and people like yourself as well about this, that, you know, of, of, of the effect on mental health, right? And yeah. uh, being addicted mm. to screens. But there's mm. now, there really is research showing that in a physical sense, eyesight is impacted. Oh, there always has been. And I've always said it as well. Not only that, but fine motor skills. So, um, you know, the fine motor skills in the hands Mm. where they're not doing oppositional um, tasks. They're just tapping and swiping. So, Mm. you know, they're not actually using their thumb against all their other fingers, which is a really, believe it or not, very important task uh, to be done. But the younger that kids get, can you believe 85% 85% of six-month-old babies have access to an iPhone. Mm. So that's whether it's not that they own it or anything like that, but it's actually that they're given a phone um, throughout the day at various points. And what that actually does is it really impacts the physical development of their fine motor skills in their hands. But the problem is not only that those are underdeveloped, which means that they're not going to be able to you know, tie their shoelaces or cut a piece of paper with the scissors, things like that. Um, they, uh, the fine motor skills are all controlled from the same area in the brain. And there's fine motor skills in the mouth. And there's also fine motor skills in the feet. So if there's a lag in one area, so if the fine motor skills in the hands are underdeveloped, there will be fine motor skills Um, underdeveloped in the mouth and also then in their foot movement as well. And there's a huge increase in children going to speech um, and language therapists as well. And the first thing that a speech and language therapist will do will check the fine motor skills in the hands before they even check the speech uh, difficulties. So it's all very, very interconnected and very linked. Um, And as you said, you know, all this research has been coming out slowly but surely over the years, uh, but even more so now probably because there was such a focus on screen time over the mm. pandemic and it really did save our bacon yes <laughs> oh no yeah listen I, 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 no, yes you have to freely no admit this yeah all. yeah and and you know what i know it. everybody knows it it's it's been a savior for so much yes. uh, business and life and connectivity in the world Absolutely. when we couldn't visit people we don't knock it from that point of view but there no is way. a worry here because you know people throw a small child uh, an ipad or a phone to watch cartoons on or things like that and it occupies them for a bit and I know you need a break from them at times but there is a real now concern about this now here's the big 64 million dollar question and you're going to quote China to me here as well how do you restrict it how do you restrict it in a country like Ireland or you know limit time well, uh, as you just mentioned, China's approach, which I can't imagine ever being mm. adopted here, um, is actually pretty radical. And they have just passed a law that any child under 18 years of age can only game online for one hour on a Friday on a Saturday and on a Sunday. And that hour is designated between eight and nine. It's not like they can pick and choose whenever they want to. They cannot. They can only access their online gaming through um, a government run 
portal. It's an anti-addiction portal that the game manufacturers have to load up their games onto. Then the under-18s have to sign up to it with all of their um, papers and you know passports and their mm. um, identity numbers and things like that. And they have to sign up with their proper name and they're only allowed access on a Friday, Saturday and a Sunday uh, for one hour. But you see, Alwyn... So that's pretty extreme. It but is. it shows that they do recognise because they, yes. they do and they are seeing so much research coming out. And as you pointed out, mental health, huge impact on mental health. Um, you know, particularly uh, sites like Instagram, you only have to look at the impact and particularly on um, our young preteen girls where they are very kind of self-conscious, very self-aware, and it tends to be, and there is research, and even Facebook, who own Instagram, did research on it, and it was leaked recently, where um, they note that Instagram is actually a toxic environment for pre-teen girls. Wow. So, Mm. you know, that is pretty scary. Yes. And unfortunately, you know, we do need to be hearing this stuff so that we can make informed decisions as parents on how we you know, want our children to interact with these devices. They are going nowhere. Yes. Arming yourself with the knowledge and then figuring out what works best in your home and for your child, because you'll know your child better. You know, you'll, you'll know what they're able for. You might have more time. You can sit with them if they're on certain things um, and certain platforms. But a rule of thumb is if the platform is free, to, to for them to use it means that they are actually the product that's being sold mm. and and you know you mentioned China and look at with the lockdown when it was lockdown in China it was lockdown you didn't break it yeah. on pain of you know yeah. uh, punishment and that's the type of society they have people are very yeah. compliant but they do obey diktats look at us here the wild west the wild Irish <laughs> we are just uh, lawless when it comes to things at times and we have to put our hands up and say it so back you come and I've yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it comes down to parental responsibility, guidance and example. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, you have to model the behaviour. If you want your child not to have the phone at the table, and I think there should be sacred times throughout the day that the phone is a no-no. So definitely meal times, you know, um, homework times. The phone does not go into the bedroom if they're doing the homework, you know, in their bedroom or whatever. And, you know, just you have to then mimic that as well. So, you know, put your phone away at the mealtime and just engage in conversation. Don't even turn on the telly. Just sit and just, you know, have a talk. Yes. How the day went. Just Mm. reconnect. And it might feel weird, um, you know, kind of plugging back into that. But it's really important um, to find out also what's going on in your child's life, because if they are experiencing any difficulties online, you really need to, you know, I suppose, open the door for them to be able to ask for help. And that's the problem with a lot of preteens is they don't understand how or know how to ask for help when it's something that's online, um, you know, that they have been exposed to or that they're currently being bullied by or, you know, like catfished even, you know, it's just it's such a vast kind of scary space for them. And no matter, I, I think, the amount of talking that you do to them, 
like you just can't prepare them. And I, I personally think that you shouldn't give your child access to that world too young because it's putting an awful lot of pressure on their shoulders, expecting them to be able to keep themselves safe online. Um, you know, and it does open up then a whole other world of, uh, it's much easier to argue about why they can't have access to a smartphone than it is to actually, when they have the smartphone, to regulate the use of it. Too because, true. Too true. Know? Start yeah. as you mean to go on. That's what you're really getting at there. And Pretty and you, you know the other thing, like I'm just thinking, and I, I think back to when I was growing up, it was a good few years ago now, but look at... Uh, read, get them interested in art and drawing, run them out to play without their phones, to play with their friends. You know what I mean? Like, oh, open that door yes. and say, don't come back to your home. Yes, <laughs> yeah, come on. And I know people are saying, oh, it's a dangerous world out there and I can't do that. You can't within reason in your own area uh, as well, you know. Yeah, within, and it's all within reason, mm. you know. Um, and it's, you know, you, you, know your own space and your own child the best um they are going to be at some point you know going off to school on their own or whatever and if it's a case that they need a phone if they're commuting to school i would suggest get them a very bog standard boring phone that can literally maybe send a text Mm. and take a call no access to internet or um apps and things like that because they really just genuinely wire your children for addiction because all of these notifications and likes and comments and you know all that when it's positive release dopamine in the brain and that just you know that is the addiction centers the dopamine release then you want some more then you want some more. So they hijack is actually a term that they use themselves. They hijack the reward system of your children. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's really just kind of the, the later on that that happens, the better. Because we know as adults, like we get addicted to our phones ourselves. Oh, and, listen, you know, like stop. we check in and whatever. Yeah, and, we do, you know, we do. But here's the thing. You said there, the likes and the shares and all that, everything. And then something negative hits and bang, yes. the world falls apart. Absolutely. And, you know, the the way we are wired as human beings, we will ignore the 10 lovely positive comments and we will get caught up on the one negative comment. Mm. And that's what the, that's what we as adults do and children focus on is the one negative comment. And it can just literally throw their world, you know, off kilter and just it, it just it's exposing them so much to um just to stuff really that they don't necessarily have yes, to handle yes. yet. And I would suggest actually to any parent out there who's wondering, you know, maybe they're coming up towards having to make this decision about do I get my child's smartphone or do I allow them have an Instagram account or, you know, whatever. Um, I would suggest watching the documentary called um, The Social Dilemma. I don't know if you've seen it, Jerry. Have no, you? I haven't. And I'm going I- to look at it now. Absolutely. Put that on. It's on Netflix. Put that on your to watch list. It is fabulous. It literally they have the CEO of Pinterest and the guy who invented the like button on Facebook, uh, somebody else from Google and, you know, all these high kind of um, hierarchical decision makers in these companies. And they have all said how addictive it is, how they use developmental psychologists to make sure that your children or you spend more time on their apps and that also as I said there that if the app is free um, it's your time and your your use 
that actually they're selling and your data. So you are the product. Mm. So it really just shows how algorithms work and things yes. like that. And it's in a very accessible, um, it's done in a very accessible way. And you can show your children as well. And it will just rationalize why you can't have X, Y, and Z or why you're waiting for another while before you make the decision uh, and so on. So it's something, it's kind of like, Put it in your toolkit for when they're asking. Yes, like, yes. Have Facebook the page the, the social dilemma, folks. It's called on Netflix. Now, yeah. uh, I, I'm up against time here, and I don't no know problem. whether the park could I just talk for, for about it for a moment. But you, 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 gaming, of course, online gaming mm. is part of this whole world as well, and it's huge. And people play against each other from all over the world. But you're worried, you're concerned, uh, Alwyn, about uh, the gaming, the online gaming. Yeah, same reasons. Wiring for addiction. Um, a lot of these gaming sites are free to access, but then they have these microtransactions, as they're called, uh, or loot boxes. And um, they literally just, you know, kind of get your little ones into betting and mm. uh, online gambling. And they don't even realize it. And it's just, it's again, it's another thing that they're not aware of that maybe parents aren't aware of that, you know, if your child is playing a game, but actually, well, you know, the, the within the game, there is betting or there's, you know, if you do this, you get that. And then if you gamble this, you'll get this or, okay. you know, um, so there's all of this. And again, it really falls into, and this is again, back to the China thing. Uh, they're really concerned about the online gaming um, and how it really is defined as a mental health issue now and online addiction. And it basically came from the amount of hours that children were sitting in front of screens, um, not eating properly, not um, going out, you know, just kind of very sedentary lives and uh, I think is it 2017 or 2016 maybe a nine-year-old girl was admitted to rehab uh, for uh, online gaming addiction because um, she chose to sit and wet herself rather than leave her screen and go to the bathroom and come back oh listen listen yeah, let, so let's leave do them. All these things to keep an eye out. Yes, for, yes, so, absolutely, you know. and leave people with that thought today. How it actually can get in on children. Listen, I'll be back to yeah. you. I promise. You're great. Uh, CogniKids.com, CogniKids.com, and the social dilemma on Netflix. And yeah. do as Alwyn advises, and you will benefit and your children in the long term. Great to catch up with you. Thanks, Jerry. Lovely. To talk, talk to you soon. You. Take care. That's Alwyn Moore, and there, founder and CEO of CogniKids. Yes, what Alwyn Moran had to say, uh, certainly resonating with you out in late lunch land today. I'll come back to your comments, I promise you. But you know, I love me music. I do. I really do. I want you to ever listen to this. Do you remember the Joe Jackson song? Is she really going out with him? Oh, it was a cracker at the time. Have a listen to Victoria Keating and Declan Sinnott's version. <laughs> down my street From... 
Isn't that beautiful? Victoria Keating and Declan Sinnott, cover of Joe Jackson's classic, Is She Really Going Out Her Name? I love that version. Well done to you, folks. It's a cracker. Hi, Jerry. I will indeed, Sabrina. Could you please wish my daughter, Lily Cranny, who will be 10 next Tuesday, uh, well on the show today. She's normally at school and she doesn't hear you at this time, but she's home today feeling unwell and would love to hear her name on the radio. Well, Lily Cranny, hello. Happy birthday in advance and I hope you're feeling better soon and back at school. Thanks indeed for Sabrina for getting in touch with us on the show. Late lunch, LMFM radio, Seamus Smith, the artist from Navin. He's brilliant. He's back with a new exhibition and he's with us next. We were talking to Alwyn Moore from Cogni kids a few moments ago on the show. Hi Jerry. my daughter sent me this about the mobile phone and it's so true. Listen to this folks. A mobile phone may bring you closer to those who are far away but it will also take you away from those sitting next to you. That is so true. What a powerful message that is. Thank you Claire and Reid. Brendan's been in touch to say Jerry, the art of conversation is really being eliminated with people on phones no matter where you go their heads are bowed on social media and it's not just the young Jerry. Uh, they'll have arthritis in their hands in the future and the sight problems you refer to there with that lady. Uh, they should be banned at mealtimes and never allowed in the bedroom says Brendan. Thanks indeed for that message. I can tell you something Eileen Rush is smiling on us today. She's touched so many people. We're getting a lovely, lovely reaction from you today uh, and it's much appreciated. But she is smiling down us. Peter, Peter, how are you today? Peter's been in touch with me, old friend, to say, Jerry, the strangest thing has just happened. When you played that song Over the Rainbow for Eileen, that lovely lady who passed away, you won't believe it. Look at this. The rainbow has just appeared over the River Boyne at around about the same time. I think, Jerry. Eileen was telling you something today. And another one has come in, this picture. This is no joke. From Terman Fekin, where she lived, with the rainbow appearing across our house. Absolutely perfectly. And again, the listener says, Jerry, this is when you are talking about her and playing that song just after it. Isn't that amazing? It really is. There is a karma. I believe there's a karma that connects us all, that connects those who've gone before us and those who'll come after us. And what it is, I do not know. But I think that, again, today brings that aspect of this life, of this world, of this universe we live in more home to me than ever today when I see those pictures of the rainbows and hear your messages as well. Thank you so much for sending them to us. 086-1800-658 is the WhatsApp or text number on the show 1850-715-958 if you'd like to call in to late lunch on LMFM Radio this Tuesday afternoon. Welcome to the show if you're just joining us listening on your smart speaker on the app or online to us or on the radio of course the traditional tranny. Welcome to the show. Anyway we move on. I'm thinking about my next guest. I said I must go back and see if I got the notes. I have. May 2013. Seamus Smith and his good lady Nina came in here. Nina came in here to us on a late lunch and we had a great old chat. And Seamus is working away painting. And listen to this. He's celebrating 50 years at the Solstice Art Centre in Navin with a brand new exhibition that opens this Friday, the 1st of October at half past seven. And he sent me an invite and he's on the line. Hello, Seamus. Hello, Derek. How are you? I'm very good. I have to say the card you sent out with the invite is simply beautiful. You have the sun and the moon in the one image, Seamus. And it does happen from time to time. Uh, yeah. 
Well, it, that, that was very in, in, interesting. I was coming down from Garmanlock Pub, and uh, it was in March, the end of March, and I noticed that the sun was going down, a cast in long shadows uh, on my right, and on the left, the moon was coming up. So I said, that would be a great idea for a painting. Mm. But I had to marry the two. Mm. Uh, one was going from light to dark. You couldn't paint the moon uh, in a bright atmosphere. But I think I, I captured it okay. Oh, not okay, Seamus. <laughs> Absolutely superb. You have both the yin and the yang, as you said, as the approaching darkness and the fading light. And I love the way you got the sun between the two beautiful trees and oh, it's yeah. casting the light on them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the sun it, it was particularly interesting to me. You you were talking there uh, earlier on about this wonderful earth we live in because mm. uh, that was one of the things that you'd have to stop and admire. But lots of uh, people could walk by it and not notice it and just say it's a lovely evening. But you have to study. You have to stop and look, just like your friend there was talking about the rainbow. Mm. Oh, you know what we have, the beauty that's out and about. And we're talking about being stuck in phone, Seamus. Get out and smell the coffee. Look at the world around you, for God's sake. <laughs> that's right, that's right. You have to look around because uh, the, the thing about being an artist is you can get lost very easily in another world mm. and uh, not notice people yes. so much. You'd be so interested. I used to go out on the bike years ago. And I'd stop at a gateway and look across the field. And I'd see cloud formation or the way the land is going. And I'd be in total amazement looking at it. And then slowly I'd be brought back to reality by maybe a noise or something to take me out of it. Yes. But you know, Seamus, that power of, and we all have it, the, not the power, the ability to observe and be aware. And that's what's been lost with this other thing. People aren't aware of what's going on around them. And I'll tell you this, there's generations sleepwalking through life on that, uh, on the social media aspects of things. It's time to get out and get looking again. Anyway, back to you. Yeah. You're as productive as ever, 50 <laughs> years on. Well, I'll tell you now, Jerry. I, uh, as you know, I got a stroke. Yep. And uh, I was a bit uh, like the town of minority, gone on one side. Mm. And um, <laughs> I, I came. <laughs> Only you could get away with that. If I said that, they'd switch off in minority. Yeah. Well, Jerry, you're not me. <laughs> Probably I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yes, it's, it's on the record now. It's on the record. So listen, they love you across me than the whole country as well. Go on, go on, go on. But, but, uh, Anyway, um, the only part of me that was functioning was my left side and uh, left leg. Mm. The other was partially gone. Mm. And uh, I said, well, anyway, I'm, I'm going to paint. So I taught myself how to paint with the left hand. I was right-handed before this. Yeah. And uh, I realised, I quickly realised that I, I, I didn't lose much of the talent mm. I had for painting. And then with practice, I got just as good as I was with my right hand. Mm. And uh, I was kind of very proud of that because I I nearly pinched myself to see was it through. But anyway, it it did happen. Maybe it was ambidextrous, I don't know. <laughs> but but uh, and anyway, I got, I got stuck in that. 
And uh, I didn't have an exhibition now in 12 years. Right. Uh, because, because after that, I got cancer. And right. I was cartered into the hospital. And uh, they, they tell me I was uh, successful. But I, I feel OK. I feel mm. great, mm. as a matter of fact. You're a great man because you've had so much to deal with. But to have to actually switch completely from right to left and to yeah. pick up where you left off and to produce what you've produced since. Tell me this, uh, the last 18 months, I don't have to remind you, to two years has yeah. been tough for everybody. Were you, you know, you mentioned that you painted this one in recent times. Yeah. Did it stop or, or put a damper on your creativity? No, because I'll tell you why, Jerry. It all went over my head. I see. I hardly noticed it. Right. Everyone else was moaning and groaning, and rightly so, that they hadn't, and they missed their friends and one thing and another. I just cruised through it. <laughs> and uh, any, any time I, I'd just go down to the studio and I'd paint or start a painting or write. But the thing about painting is, it's not as uh, simple as it might be taught, because if you're serious about it, you do a great deal of thinking. Mm. And then you may practice, or you may just sit down and paint. But it's always meaningful uh, to yourself. As I said before, it's like self-hypnosis. You're in there and you're painting, and you're kind of hypnotised, mm. and then you come out of it. Now, I don't mean that to be sound romantic or anything, but that's the way I am. Yes, you're. look, yeah. you immerse yourself and you're in a world of your own while you're in there and out of it you come again. But here's the thing, and this has uh, been true of so many uh, things like art and other things that people have an interest in. Yeah. Those things and the likes of you... It, it's enabled you, as you said, you were nearly oblivious. It's carried you through, Seamus. Oh, it has. And uh, it, it's. It, I think it's only now that you're talking to me that I re fully realise it. I didn't, uh, I, I just didn't pass much remarks. This, uh, th these things happen in life. Mm. You're, uh, you're okay one minute, and then you're not, and then you have to get over it, and you have to get up off your backside, and try and do something that'll interest your mind and take you out of uh, your body that wasn't 100% fit like it used to be. Yeah. But you, ha you have to get on with it. Mm. I'm thinking of the song, I get knocked down and I get up again. <laughs> That's your song. That's yours. It certainly sums you up for sure. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway, how many years did you tell me there it's been since the last exhibition? Uh... The last exhibition I had, I think, was about 12 years ago. My oh, word, I can't believe it's that long for yeah. you, such a prolific uh, artist as, as you are. So there's a real treat in store. You're teeing this up from the 1st of October at the well, Solstice. Well, I hope so. Oh, wait till I tell you now, I, I have a couple of very, very interesting paintings. Mm. And one painting uh, was of a fella called Hackler Kerrigan. Now, Hackler Kerrigan lived in Emma Terrace. And he was in the First World War. Now, I used to go out in the 80s with him and had time for a drink. Yeah. And uh, one evening I started talking about the First World War to him. And Hackler got a glaze in his eyes and he, as, it's a, 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 as if he was looking 
into the past. Mm. And he told me that he fought in Flanders and he was on the front. And every couple of days they'd be relieved and brought down to the back of the line. Mm. And Hankler decided uh, him and his friend would go for a drink. So they were off duty and they went for a drink. And they couldn't find anywhere to go. Sure, it was all bombed and yeah. every place was in smithereens. And anyway, they came along and discovered a village and heard a lot of singing in it. Oh, says Heckler, we are right. Now, here we'll go. Our boys is in here. And Heckler and his friend burst into the pub and what happened? It was full of Germans. <laughs> <laughs> And they're singing their heads off. Oh, and were they arrested? No. No. The, the sergeant from the German, uh, the lads that was drinking there, the army, came down and asked them in perfect English what their pleasure was. Oh, my word, what a story. And the two boys got drunk there and woke up the next morning and the German officer told them the line to go back and the boys arrived back in camp. And uh, their uh, sergeant major said, you were missing for roll call, where were you? And they told the the British officer, and they were punished. (gasps) Now, there was big wheels that time, Mm. the report cards, and uh, they were uh, shackled to the wheels by the wrist and the ankles. And they were released every uh, hour for 10 minutes. 24 hours they were on the wheel. My, oh my. And Seamus, have you pictured, you've painted this guy? I have painted him. So he's there. And quickly, we have a minute left before I have yeah. to wrap up. What's the other one you're going to tell me about? Uh, the, the other one is about, is an interesting one as well. Now, they, these are, I'm mainly a landscape painter, but these paintings, uh, one of the great, um, are you right there, Michael? Are you right? Yes. What's his name? He's gone out of my head now. The singer, is it? Yeah. Brendan right O'Dowda. Brendan right? O'Dowda. No? Come, no, come back, Paddy Riley from Bally James uh, stuff. Uh, Percy French. Percy French is the man. I have a painting of Fre- Percy French. Right. And uh, I was walking by, by uh, whatever you call it, uh, Bobby Burns, the barber, mm. uh, years ago. Bobby was re- well in his 90s and he used to paint and when he see me he'd call me and hey come in here Seamus look at this little painter what do you think of this and uh, one day he just started talking about Percy French mm. for no apparent reason that I can recall Yeah. but anyway he said to me you know to see Percy French worked with the Mead County Council and he was with the Mead County Council for a long time. Mm. And the first cinema there ever was in Navan was in a place called Academy Street. Yeah. And they used to get Percy to come down and play the piano. Really? Yeah, because all the films that time yes. were silent. Silent. And, and Percy would be there when someone would be creeping up and someone 
Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, is it a picture of Percy you have? I have a picture I'll of I'll be the Lord. When I tell you, folks, you just got to get to this solstice. There's a special invitation on Friday night only for VIPs. But after the 1st of October, it's running for a few weeks there in the solstice. You can call in, see this man's brilliant work. And I'll tell you what, you're a tonic to talk to Seamus Smith. Thanks, Gary. I'll talk to you again soon. Take care of yourself. God bless you, Seamus. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. Seamus Smith, the artist from Navin, 1st of October in the Solstice. Just reminding you, our live coverage of the Premier League continues this Saturday on the LMFM app or by clicking on the Listen tab on the LMFM website. First up, Manchester United take on Everton at half 12. At 3 o'clock, Chelsea face Southampton, while Brighton take on Arsenal in the evening game at half past 5. Premier League live with now your sport on your terms stream only the games that matter to you most great weekend of Premier League soccer uh, lining up there for sure thank you for all your messages Jerry. my heart breaks to hear the sad passing of Eileen Rush today I was friends on Facebook I watch all her videos she was very brave and a fantastic mother to Seamus her pain is now ended may her gentle soul rest in peace may God give comfort to Seamus her son her parents sisters and brothers in the difficult time and days ahead that comes in for the lovely Septa Lynch in Kells the last time I spoke to Eileen face to face was at the of the nip in 2019 she was always game for a laugh she was set indeed that's one thing about her she was always smiling I can still see her smiling always will um, Rose has sent me uh, some lovely pics she's been out for a walk I see loads of rose hips there hawberries and and damn and uh, slows yes time for slow gin thanks for reminding me Rose lovely pictures you sent to me more people sending in pictures of the rainbow I mentioned we played over the rainbow for Eileen and the rainbow appeared majestically uh, it's really lovely it really is thank you for all of your kindness today um, here's another one here Jerry just came out to go to school and spotted the rainbow over Eileen's house that's another one coming into us as well about the rainbow uh, here's uh, one following on from from uh, Alwyn and Cogni Kids. 100% Jerry. Parents have to stop their young children from going on iPads and phones. I've seen children 10 to 18 who still can't tie their shoelaces. They ask their mums to do it and them still on the game console can't do anything for themselves and don't want to go outside. It's completely ridiculous, says Pauline in Dundalk this afternoon. Thank you indeed for all your comments to the show. Coming up after news, weather and sport at three, it's my artist of the week, Mr Elton John in words and song and we're going to hear about a most unusual wedding gift. If you're a solo artist or a band and you're looking for that big break, well October is Irish Music Month here on LMFM Radio and we want to hear from you. You could be in with a chance to perform live here on LMFM play at a nationally broadcast event and win a prize of €5,000. Irish Music Month is promoting Irish artists from every genre and every county in Ireland. You can enter now. Check out lmfm.ie or LMFM socials for more. Or you can email some info along with an MP3 if you wish to irishmusic at lmfm.ie. Irish Music Month is supported by IBI, Hot Press and the BAI Sound and Vision Fund. And that email address again is irishmusic.ie 
at lmfm.ie. Get in touch with us and uh, wish you well with all their lovely prizes. And it could be the step that gets you on that ladder to stardom. Now, my artist of the week talking about stardom. He's a superstar. Yes, Elton John. And the album Don't Shoot Me, I'm Only the Piano Player was released in early 1973 and it saw Elton and Bernie Taupin liaison, their liaison, really take off. It reached number one in the UK, USA and across the world. And it also yielded John's first US number one single, Crocodile Rock and Daniel, which I played yesterday. That made number two in the States. Then later in 73, uh, October in fact, the prolific duo released a second album, Goodbye to Yellow Brick Road, which was immediately acclaimed, made number one and stayed there for two months on both sides of the Atlantic. A raft of hit singles followed from that album, including the title track, with Elton enjoying greater success. This was ironic in a way, in the States rather than back home in the UK. In fact, it would be 1976 before he made Top Spot, number one in the UK, charts with, I'll never forget it, great one, Don't Go Breaking My Heart, a duet with Kiki D, taken from his Greatest Hits, Volume 2 album. 1970 to 1976 really were Elton's halcyon era when it came to commercial success with seven consecutive albums making number one in the USA something that had never been accomplished previously then out of the blue in November 77 Elton announced he was retiring from performing performing even uh, but continued to release albums before he had a rethink some years later and I'll pick the story up from there tomorrow afternoon but today let's enjoy that title track from the second album in Elton John's greatest ever song. Is it? What do you think? Oh, I think it's up there. It has to be Yellow Brick Road, one of his most brilliant. But, you know, it's a personal opinion, isn't it? It's there thereabouts for me, I'd have to say. When I put it number one, I'm not sure, but many do say it is his greatest ever song. Anyway, if you have an opinion, I always love to hear from you. And we'll tease that out a bit more over the coming days as I talk more about Elton and enjoy more of his wonderful, wonderful music. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. We're heading to a final break of the afternoon. And after the break, we're going to hear the very moving story of a wedding gift. Stay with us on the show. My next guest, honestly, folks, received the most moving present I've ever heard of for her wedding. And she's on the line to tell me more. Sive Corrigan, hello. Hi, how are you? I'm really, really good. Well, I, you're unusual to say the least. I want to, I want to ask you something though first. You were yeah. married in early September. Were you affected at all by the COVID and cancellations or was that the day it was to happen? No, we were blessed in that sense. We didn't reschedule at all and numbers went up for us and everything so it worked out well in the end. I know people have gone round the ring yeah. for reschedule and whatnot but no, we didn't have to work out well in the end. Good on you. And where did the um, formalities take place? 
uh, Boardsmill Church. It's a small church just outside uh, Trim. Oh, lovely. I do know it. I do know it. It's a beautiful wee church. It really yeah. is a, a picture postcard church. And and where did you go to um, imbibe and, and enjoy an old dance and things like that? That was Cabra Castle there in Cabra. Oh, lovely, lovely. What a wonderful, wonderful combination. But let's come back to this. This is just something I, I couldn't believe uh, yeah. when, when, when I read it. Uh, your background, are you from a farming background? Yeah, so my dad was a far- dad is a farmer, so I would have grown up in the farm all my life and been around animals and stuff like that, just with a, I suppose, special love for the old Highland cattle. Now, I know you have a farming background and you walk down the aisle hand in hand with your new husband, Mr Stephen Mulligan, and you come out from the church. Did you say holy cow? Yeah, almost. I, I think speechless. It's not something I'd ask to be, but I was in this instance. A few <laughs> tears shed and I was like, no, compose yourself. Don't mess up the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> Tell them, he bought your cow as a wedding present. No, so that's on the way. So my sister organised for uh, Highland Cattle just to be there to see after. Oh, I see. Uh, yeah. And the cows then, were there, right? Yeah, the promised wedding present is on the way. So there is a cow on the way for as a yeah, present? There is. Well, I've been told there is. <laughs> <laughs> did you feel exhilarated or deflated or how did you feel? Oh, absolutely fantastic. Like, couldn't get over it. Um, just we finished up at the ceremony like, and we're walking out. My sister goes, right, that's it, straight out, don't look at anyone. <laughs> I panicked, you know, and uh, walking out, and I went, oh my God, what's this island cattle? I was like, nah, no way she wouldn't, how would you manage that like that wouldn't work? And uh, sure enough, they're around the corner to a uh, flood stable, and I was like, oh God, there's two of them. Oh, okay, I can cope. <laughs> <laughs> so they were so there to symbolise what was on the way for you, which is the cow. Yeah. So he bought you the cow. Now, I believe um, you, you had a little surprise for himself that happened actually before the ceremony. Yeah, so for him, I suppose it was only fair. Well, I didn't know my surprise was on the way, but for him, he's a bit of a fan of only foods and horses. And uh, I managed to track down the yellow three-wheeler that they'd have in the programme so that arrived up to him to uh, bring him to the church he was really delighted I think they got very crack out of it the house Robin Reliant yes the little Robin Reliant with the three wheels the yellow one and all oh you're an old devil you were brilliant to do that what a surprise that was and and again who would arrive at the wedding in a Robin Reliant so between fools and horses and cows and Robin and Reliant this was a really really unique wedding tell me about the Highland cow why Highland cows why not they're gorgeous like uh, look I've always I suppose I've always loved animals and then um, went to Scotland years ago uh, our family went and um, I knew about them and had seen them online and stuff but like I've uh, seen them in person and I was like oh okay they're above and beyond what I expected and sure every twist and turn we take and I was like there's more of them stop I want to see them <laughs> lovely but uh, yeah they're just uh, they're as cute like they're absolute pets um, they fringes on them and all that kind of thing yes they're a lovely animal so oh they are they're outstanding they're really, and where will uh, you keep them on your dad's farm uh, so I have the, Stephen has a wee bit of land so I'm sure he'll allow me to bring it in there um, I'd nearly coax it into the house if I could but I'm not sure how well it is yeah no we'll, oh, I'll find space for them anyway they'll be, they'll be well pampered <laughs> oh great and do you mind me asking what does Stephen do he is a bit of land does he work at, at, at something else as well yeah, he's an electrician. Oh, very good. Bright spark. And yourself? Uh, I Yeah, I'm a communications. I work for Aircom. 
Lovely, lovely, lovely. A match made in heaven. There you go. And the new cow is on the way as well. And all is happy. Any honeymoon plans? Did you do anything or? Uh, we did a wee trip to Spain just for the for doing something, I suppose, because we were with yeah. restrictions. We weren't sure what had happened, what okay. way. And we yeah. great plans, but we got away for a week or so to Spain. Anyway, if anyone would look to, like to look after a, a Highland cow or two when they're away on the real honeymoon, <laughs> give us a shout at LMFM 1850-715958. Anyway, good luck to you. Long and happy yeah. life. Thanks for Thanks telling the story. Much. See Thanks you, Sive. Bye-bye. Sive Carrigan there, isn't she? A real sport. Great little story there to finish the show today. Anyway, looking ahead to Wednesday, midweek, late lunch. Guess who's with me? Frankie the Tory, the greatest jockey of all time. Frankie the Tory's with me on Late Lunch tomorrow. We'll also meet Darren Casey, river dance performer. He'll tell you, the pandemic, he'll tell you, saved his life. It's National Tree Time again. The wonderful Aina Lee Launa is with us and Nikki Kyle. Yes, it's all about sustainability in the world. Tomorrow she's joining us for a few words. Elton John. And we want you too. We need you with us every day on Late Lunch. We love you. We appreciate you. And make sure you tune in from half past one. Anyway, have a night. Tuesday and we're leaving you with this one this afternoon on late lunch anyway enjoy see you tomorrow Paul McKenna is coming next with The Drive stay with us on LMFM Radio I'm holding on your rope got me ten feet off the ground it's too late to The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drogheda to Dokken Cavan. Discover the all-new Renault Arcana at Blackstone Motors that comes with a five-year warranty. Call us now to arrange a test drive or visit blackstonemotors.ie for more details. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.